0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Host and friend Reverend Sharma Cain, and I'd like to welcome listeners to Sacred Sunday. Sacred Sunday was created just to focus on the tenants. The Sunday is a special day to set aside some time for spiritual focus meditation and prayer. All say so welcome. I'm a Christian in recovery, and all Bible readings will be out of my Ryrie Study Bible. You may use any Bible you wish. Um, I have had many spiritual experiences and gratitude. We'll be having ongoing Bible readings, and I'm just focused on being my real self and carrying the message given to me. The call-in number this morning, if you have any special prayers you want said, um, is 619-924-9744, and Sacred Sunday airs every Sunday, and uh, 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, I was a little late this morning, and I want to apologize for that. The opening music was by Savi Vocal Group from the CD Navy of Angels, and uh, by Savi. If you want to order a copy, contact Save.org. They are on Facebook and they do live shows. You can listen to them on YouTube or you can get your CD from Amazon. Anyway, let's just say our opening prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not from temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. We pray for all the Christians being persecuted worldwide. Their freedom to worship and lives are in great jeopardy. And we also believe those whose lives have been taken for distorted or evil reasons have become martyrs and they're now praying for us. We pray for all the the those suffering from violence from here and abroad we pray for those who are sick in mind and body and those who are lonely and uncomforted. God, please forgive us our sins. We pray for those suffering from domestic violence in their own homes, abuse of any kind. We wish and pray for freedom from addiction of all kinds. Please, God, send your mighty Archangel Michael, fight against evil and protect the little ones and all your angels to watch over everyone. Our prayers go out to all those suffering in the world. They can't speak for themselves, the babies. And we also pray for the animals that can't speak for themselves and have a sometimes lonely life here on this planet. Dear God, please bless all of them and thank them for what they've done for us. They have, uh, we also pray for our policymakers. They have many decisions to make, and we are praying for all the countries for problems of suffering for all the whole world. And we want to thank you, God, for everything that you have given us and all the care you have shown us. And all the blessings He has given us over and over and over. And we ask Jesus to bless us and help us grow under his care and to get comfort and to be healed. And we pray for everybody in our family. And we pray for the beloved that have passed and that, that now are, are resting in the arms of our beloved Jesus. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. And I want to just bless everybody today. Especially if you're having a birthday I we wish you a very happy birthday today and uh we wish you a very prosperous year ahead in health and that all of our health may get improved and that we make we need to make changes. We we have to do that and if we have to call for you know, go for healing, we have to do that and uh just pray for me because I still have my health challenges and hopefully I'll have a solution pretty soon. And I ask in Jesus' name to also help me heal from this. It's very tiring what I have. And I have a, a big job and um, I work 10 hours a day and I'm very tired when I get home. and I'm very tired on the weekends because I work Saturday. Anyway, I just you know, let everybody know I'm thinking of you. I'm doing this for all of us. And uh, God bless you very much for all your watching and being in attendance. And uh, we appreciate all of it. So now we're going to... Um, read the summary of Snoop Snoop. You know, that's my swoop S H M O O P. And that's where I I wanna thank them. They're the kids at Harvard, uh uh do my summaries. I wanna thank them very much for the information. So today it's uh first Timothy chapter four, Haters Gonna Hate. Then Paul explains it's only normal for opposition to start bubbling over when the world is about to end. The last days will make people a little antsy. Anyway, there are people out there right now who are basically following demons and are hypocrites and liars. Spoiler, these are Paul's opponents. They tell people not to get married, not to eat certain food. Hello, bacon. Paul believes that everything God created was good. That means marriage and any kind of food. Paul reminds Timothy to pass all his teachings along to keep the people on the righteous path to heaven Heaven town. Heaven town. Oh, anyway, they should stay away from a faith that's based on urban legends and old wives' tales. And you know what? you got to check over there at Snoops to figure out the difference. But anyway, be godly and fight the good fight because that's what God wants. And that's what Paul says. Oh, Timothy shouldn't let anyone brush him aside just because he's young. As long as he's acting like a stand-up guy, he'll command the respect. And when Paul gets into town, he'll help. But until then... That's all up to Timothy, dude. Hold down the fort. Good luck, dude. Anyway, so there, that's our summary. And uh, now we are going to read the Bible. So get your Bible out. You can use any evaluation you wish. And also, uh, there's an online source, com where you can read out of there. And uh, anyway, so we're well, first Timothy chapter 4. And I'm reading out of my Riley Study Bible. And the reason why, if you've heard my show before, why I got this Bible, this is my second one of uh, 1 Timothy, is because I found my first copy, actually, somebody threw it away. And I remember seeing it on the ground and I picked it up and thought, you know, let's study the Bible because I have to sit on the front. So I started studying the Bible and uh, it's really uh, quite fruitful. So I. uh, you know what happens to anybody? Study your Bible because you've got to get in a straight scoop. And then the more you study it, the more you understand why people did things. You know, because I'm always irritated with Paul in the past. Now I know he's the oh, OG. He's one of the original guys, the original apostle. And uh, he has the right to say this stuff to us and to correct us and try to lead us. You know, I think things have, have changed, but basically, no. People are people. And the spirit will never change. God will never change. So anyway, let's read chapter 4. It's instruction concerning uh, dangers, the description of the dangers, chapter 4. Spirit explicitly says that in later times, some will fall away from the faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons by means of hypocrisy of liars seared in their own conscience as with a branding iron. Men who forbid marriage, and they advocate abstaining from foods, which God has created to be gratefully shared in by those who believe and know the truth. For everything created by God is good. Nothing is to be rejected if it is to be received with gratitude. That's the way we receive it with gratitude. Say thank you, God. For it is sanctified by means of the word of God and prayer. Get it? That's why we pray for for, before our meals and pray, you know, thanking God for everything that we get because it is a gift. Again, okay, this part is about the defenses against the dangers. Six. In pointing out these things to the brethren, you will be a good, uh, you'll be a good servant to Christ Jesus, constantly nourished on the words of the faith and of the sound doctrine of which you have been following. Now, not seven, but have nothing to do with worldly tables. Fit. Fit. Well, I'm sorry. Worldly fables fit only for old women. Wow. On the other hand. Discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness, for bodily discipline is only of little profit. But godliness is profitable of all things, since it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. In a world where we're focused on everything on the outside, he's saying right here, it's an inside job. And we've heard that over and over again. So let me read that again. So now we're first 1 Timothy 4, and we're at uh, verse 8. For bodily discipline is only of little profit helps you a little bit, but godliness is profitable for all things, since it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. It is a trustworthy statement deserving full acceptance, for it it is for this we labor and strive, because we have fixed our hope on the living God, who is the Savior of all men, especially of believers. Describe and teach these things. Let no one look down on your usefulness for for but rather in speech and conduct and love faith and purity show yourself an example of those who believe until i come and give attention to the public reading of scripture to the exhortation and the teaching do not ne- neglect the spiritual gift within you which has been bestowed on you through the prophetic utterance with the laying on of hands by the presbytery pains with these things be absorbed in them so that your progress will be evident to all. Pay close attention to yourself and to your teaching. Persevere in these things. As you do this, you ensure salvation both for yourself and for those who hear you. Now, I really like that chapter. I think it's very direct, and it's something that we can all apply to ourselves. and something that we can understand. So let's read the notes. Okay, so four. Paul returns to the attack on the heresy. False teaching is inspired by demons and formulated pro- by means of hypocrisy of liars. The Christians should be affirm- affirmatively neither renouncing the world of a life of self-denial, nor plunging into indulgence. Both marriage and food are gifts from God to be gratefully used. Setting things apart, the meaning of sanctifying by the word and the prayer guards the believer from misusing even the good things. So let us also take heed of that. So if we just set things apart, say and, and realize this, pray before we eat, let's, let's be respectful for the gifts we are given, and uh, things don't get twisted up. So, 4 7 Fables for Old Women. It says, uh, just so Oh, you know, no, excuse me. And then uh, 4 8 was the benefits of the bodily training are limited and transient in contrast with the extensive. And permanent benefits of godliness And then the savior of all men In that he paid for ransom for all Though only believers are born again Timothy was somewhere in his 30s So he was kind of young And then the note says The public reading of the scriptures Was to be accompanied by exhortation Preaching and teaching On Sunday Wait, a prophecy I'm sorry people And the presbytery is the body of elders and then uh, next week we'll go on to First Timothy chapter 5. And I got a lot out of that. You know, when we read that, you know, sometimes I'm I'll, I'll reading and I get a, like a clarity. It's like, okay, every time we read another chapter, it you know, it solidifies what we're learning. It opens our mind. And then it kind of clears things up, you know, you don't have to keep suffering. We don't have to uh, go on these wild diets. You don't have to uh, stay single to be holy, anything like that. It's just praise God. Love Jesus like you love yourself. If you don't love yourself, find somebody at the church to pray over you so you can learn to love yourself and love others. And um, I want everybody to know that um, I love you guys very much and I appreciate everybody listening. I can see that people listening, archives too, and I want to let you know specifically um, that I appreciate your support very, very much because I'm just doing this on my own, and we're making it straight through the Bible. And, you know, we have made it very far, so uh, let me see here. Okay, I'm trying to find a story, so let's do this. Okay, there's a couple of little stories here. Okay. Um, this one is called I Married an Angel by Kathleen Southstitch of Arcadia, California. I knew there was something unusual about Vern Falstich when, the, from the moment we met, a peacefulness flowed to the tall, blonde man with the hazel eyes. After we married in 1967, I discovered how unique he really was. We lived in Pasadena, California where he was on the police force, and from his, and he was widowed with three daughters. I, with a little girl, was recovering from a troubled marriage. We adopted each other's children, and we were very happy. Vern was deeply religious, and at first I had difficulty accepting some of his beliefs. But the more I came to know him, the more I saw how dedicated to his faith he was. He kept a Bible in every room, and he trusted God so much that he believed God guided him through his guardian angel to, to people Who needed help. Much of his time was spent counseling errant youngsters and incorrigibles. His manner had been such a calming effect that people opened right up to him. His friends, strangers alike, unburdened themselves. Sometimes they didn't have to, Vern would already know. One night, Vern was worrying about a fellow officer. Bill Johnson is planning to kill himself, he explained. Knowing that he couldn't approach Bill directly, Vern said, We've got to concentrate and start praying for him to call me. And that's what we did. Several evenings later, the phone rang and Vern picked it up. I knew who it was. My husband went right to over to Bill's house, stayed all evening, and Vern had talked to him out of suicide. Time and again, God used Vern to help others. A young couple with four children came over to our house on the verge of a divorce. We all sat around at a dining room table over cookies and coffee. Husband and wife hurled angry accusations at each other. It seemed hopeless until Vern settled them down. Look, he said quietly, there are three sides to every story, his side, her side, and the truth. Let's get at the truth. He asked each to visualize each other being struck dead by a truck. How would you feel now, he said. This person you loved, with whom you had children, and with whom you attempted to build a life is suddenly gone? There was silence for a moment. Then the two fell into each other's arms. To this day, they're still married. Afterward, I asked Vern, how do you think of these things? God just puts these thoughts in my, to my mind, he said. About a year after we married, we moved to Las Vegas, where Vern worked as law enforcement. One morning in 1972, he came to the breakfast table puzzled. He said during the night, his guardian angel had impressed upon him that he should look for a boy with a rose. Should I look for a boy carrying flowers, he wondered. Well, I said, I guess you'll have to do what you've always done. Wait, and you'll be shown. A few days later, at supper, Vern told me of an experience that he had had that afternoon. He had felt compelled to have lunch at a restaurant in a disreputable part of town. He wasn't too happy about eating there, he said, but I went in and sat down at the counter. A surly-looking kid about 16 years old was sitting next to me. All he had was a donut and a glass of water. I couldn't help but commenting, but well, for a grown man, that's not much of a lunch. Oh, he cussed me out, something awful. But then as he reached for his glass of water, I saw a tattoo of a rose on his arm. The boy with a rose, I remembered. Vern nodded, and I began to ask him himself. He glared at me and swore. What was your problem, was your problem mister, he said. You some kind of nut. Okay, let me read that again. The boy with the rose, I remembered. Vern nodded. I began to ask him about himself. He glared at me, and he swore. Where's your problem, mister, he said. You some kind of nut. Vern smiled in recollection. Oh, yeah, I answered. I've been called that lots of times. But you know what? I was sent here to help you. The kid snarled. With what? I said you've got a problem. What is it? Yeah, the kid spat. I'm going to kill myself. Want to know how? No, I said. I want to know why. The boy calmed down, and Vern continued and began to tell his story. He was angry at his parents. They had wanted him to buckle down on his studies, stay in school, go to church, cut his hair, and take out his gold earring. Because he wouldn't do it, they had taken his car away. All the boy could say now how much he hated his folks and how he wanted out. Vern shook his head. I tried to explain that his parents were simply doing their best to help and guide him because they loved him so much. Do you think you reached him, I asked. My husband stared into his coffee for a moment and then nodded. I believe I did, he said. Vern never saw the boy again. In 1988 at the age of 63, Vern was diagnosed with terminal pancreatic cancer. I spent all my time with him in the hospital and eventually he slipped into a coma. But on December 23, he suddenly awakened full of life and rational. He took my hand and smiled. Out of all the days that God had blessed me on this earth, the day I met you was the best he squeezed my hand. When it's your time to travel home, he said, just walk toward the light and I'll be waiting. He died soon afterward. Hundreds of people came to Vern's funeral. I was standing in the vestibule of the chapel when a handsome young man with his wife and two children approached me. Please excuse us, he said. I don't mean to intrude into a private time like this, but I just came to pay my respects to your husband. As he extended his hand to me, the cuff of his shirt slipped back, and there on his arm was a road statue. I hadn't thought of it for years, but immediately I remembered the boy in the diner. He had never forgotten my husband's as hundreds of others had never forgotten him. Vern knew how permanent one could act, one act could be, and how goodness goes on working. Vern's goodness lives on, and doesn't that make him kind of an angel? After all, that's why I married him. Thank you, God, for that story. Thank you because I identify with it a lot And as we bow our heads And say our uh, traditional prayer To all of you I love you, God bless you Never give up, never give up Remember you're never ever alone Just remember that God Grant me the serenity To accept the things I cannot change The courage to change The things I can And the wisdom to know the difference Amen and in closing, I'll see you next week, a better Pacific Standard Time, if all goes well. And Godspeed to all of us. And uh, I always want to wish you all the best in the world. And you're, you're fabulous. And God bless you. And God made you for a reason. And God made me for a reason. And we just got to find our purpose. And I think I found it here. I love you. Amen.